taking pictures of it and like doing cartwheels. I'm like, we got rare breed here in my house, everybody. <laughs> Everyone come around. It's time to party. <laughs> but not too much because there's only one bottle. Whiskey, whiskey. The singer's getting sore. We raise the roof. Now we're lower in the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, Welcome to the Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock. I'm the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. You can also find our podcast on the website whiskey.buzz. If you want another song. Welcome to episode 43 of The Whiskey Topic. Uh, today we have Blake from Bourboner.com, uh, and he's going to join us to talk about trends from 2015 and trends that we see coming into 2016. Uh, welcome back to the show, Blake. Glad to be back. You know, that I guess that means it went okay the first time if you get the call back, so yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good sign. It's... Absolutely. For sure it is. Bourbon enthusiasts are never short on entertainment, I guess. It's... <laughs> there's always going to be somebody who's disgruntled or I don't know, offended is the right word, but somebody's not going to be happy. That's right. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Just look at that Twitter and you'll see, or any like, yeah. comments on any article. It's like, wow. Yikes. It could be like bourbon having the most glorious time. It's the best stuff is being produced, the best stuff is coming out, and someone will still come by and be like, nope. Yeah, yeah. Which including had, us here. So <laughs> I had about that similar scenario. I did, which I don't know if we want to jump right into stories. Um, I wrote a post for the Thanksgiving, um, just about you know, hey, Thanksgiving's about sitting down and sharing. You know, open a good bottle and don't worry about what it cost or you know what the secondary market was on it. And on my site, yep, you know, I think people generally understood the point I was trying to make. Um, and then it got posted on, I think it was Reddit or one of the other forums, and guys were just blasting it like, oh, no. what is he talking about? He did His site's nothing but limited editions. And, you know, oh. I, I read all comments in uh, a yelling voice, which they probably aren't. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I'm like, no, you kind of missed the point. I'm not saying that you shouldn't sell a bottle if your kid needs uh, braces or w whatever it is. I'm just saying like, <laughs> hey, you know, you can enjoy it as well. There's kind of a, uh, it, it is still a hobby and shouldn't be taken that serious. And, you know, it's it's good if you sit down and enjoy good bottles every now and then. Um, I don't think anybody's drinking, you know, Pappy 23 every day, but every now and again, don't worry about what you could sell it for in the secretary. <laughs> right. It just did not go over. I, I tried to respond to a couple comments and then I'm like, eh, you know, eh. it's a lost cause at this point. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, it can be futile sometimes. That's so, yeah. it can be so frustrating though, because all you want to do is say like, ah, like you're so the com whoever the commenter is, you're like, no, no, you're taking it the wrong way. Like, don't get so riled up about it. Like I was literally just saying, you know, this yeah. one thing and you got caught up on something. So, you know, I'm, uh, you're also letting the commenter off the hook by saying like, no, no, I totally understand your point. There's only so much, there's only so much space you have to, <laughs> you can't write to, all sides. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to cover every basis. Every, but, every potential argument. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it, I think you just kind of figure out you're not going to change Yeah. everyone's opinion. And I don't know, I've come 
come to find as much as you would like, you can't make everyone see your perspective. Yep. <laughs> it absolutely. would be nice, but, um, and then, you know, some people, maybe they just don't like the site. So that's what it is, but that's fine too. You know, uh, that, that was a, uh, a funny one for me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this, no, this it's everything. Yeah. You should be agreeing with this. You should not be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's about people. I, I feel like there's always like some posts that I think could be controversial, and then everybody agrees with. And I'm like, well, that wasn't what I was expecting. And then it'll be <laughs> one where I'm like, you know, this is just a quick. I'll throw this up here. It's kind of cool, kind of funny, whatever. And people are like, you know, just going back and forth over it. I'm like, oh my word, you can't predict this kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Right. Right. No, I, I think people get very invested in ideas, right? Like if they, yeah. they have a very particular idea and sometimes you walk into other people's arguments. So you're, you're literally saying yeah. one thing, but that person may have had this really bad argument the other day about it. And it just, you get all that energy. You know, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing dry January and, and everybody's been very supportive, but we've gotten a couple of people on Twitter. They're like, what's wrong with you? You're yeah. missing this yeah. drinking day. This drinking yeah. like, dude. There's always going to be drinking days. Like, I wanted supporting to people, yeah. not drinking. <laughs> I wanted to ask y'all about that. So what is that, uh, whole month of January dry. Correct. I've actually been on a smaller, I guess it hasn't been the whole January, but maybe the past week or so. Um, I was like, you know what? I just, uh, got to take a week off or so. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's makes- just kind of nice to, uh, I don't want to say it doesn't, it makes you see, okay. Yeah. I, this isn't something I have to do every day. Right. Uh, it is still just something I enjoy and is fun to do. Um, I think kind of, reset you a little bit so I, I like the dry january idea i think that's good yeah, yeah we, get into, think... we get into habits of doing certain things like you know i'm gonna write i have a drink i'm gonna go to bed mm-hmm. i have a drink and you just want to step away from some of those habits yeah absolutely yeah but it, it is so funny good. how people get very uh into it absolutely they get very invested and it's like don't worry you can still drink if you want like yeah I'm just you taking were happy a month off. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's actually a really good way of of putting it is just you know taking a step back and and I always like I was saying on the the last episode I I struggle with how to say it without sounding judgmental or like I have you know I'm doing this because of a certain you know moral reason or I'm you know judging anyone who doesn't and there's this this very strange dance that I'm doing around um talking about it and you know so it it's it's nice to hear everyone's perspective when they do take the the time you know just to reset i think that's yeah. a really good word yeah. is reset for sure yeah, yeah. It, i i read a uh, an article that was a guy had taken two years off of drinking and he was just talking about what he had learned you know i think people automatically assume of well this guy has a problem like right. that's that's why they're stopping <laughs> like no it's not a <laughs> yeah it's just happy to stop but you know i kind of i come from a background where nobody drank and so that always seemed normal to me and then whenever people are like oh, i can't trust somebody who doesn't drink or something like that i'm like right. oh no i trust I trust <laughs> a lot of people who yeah. don't drink <laughs> say, the majority of people i trust but <laughs> oh, no, oh, i don't know people, I don't know. Are, people maybe that don't not drink. majority <laughs> that's that's going too far yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're starting okay. out with the character flaw right there. I don't know. It's a... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no judgment, Mark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mark's going to be the guy. Anytime you post it on Twitter now, he's going to comment, well, why aren't you drinking? You're yeah, exactly. Why exactly. are you trolling? Just drink a little more. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No, I've I've given up uh, like meat. I've, I did vegan for a month. I, I gave up sugar for for a month. Those were those were like really tough things to do. Giving up drinking hasn't been that 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 challenging. Um, yeah, getting off sugar, man. We we oh man, that hurt. That was like headaches. Uh, same wow. with coffee. Coffee's really tough to get. I off. could see the sugar being probably the worst. I've yeah, for sure um, had family do some vegan diets. I've done. You know, I don't want to call it diet, but, you know, vegan eating or, or no meat, whatever you, it is. And that never really seemed to bother me as much. But I couldn't imagine the sugar if just trying to cut that out completely. But yeah, oh, it, yeah it was painful. It was it, like ridiculous headaches for for a couple of days. Wow. Um, and, and the hunger cravings you get is, is yeah. intense. As that, uh, yeah. but, but it did teach me something like it taught me sometimes I'm hungry. It was just like, oh, no, I'm craving sugar. You know, like it's one of those <laughs> like it kind of but it did put, push me away from processed sugar. I was at that point. I'm like, OK, I can, you know, I, I mean, I eat pasta and rice and all that good stuff, but it's not like a focus of my eating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not just going to down a tub of ice cream and <laughs> as a normal everyday treat or something. <laughs> Welcome oh. to the whiskey buzz. You could get any topic you want from sugar to <laughs> only over the holidays, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Sugar would be hard for me. I think I'm, I like candy. So it's not even like chocolate or ice cream. It's like it's actual sugar candy. Jolly like, Ranchers. Or yeah. Like, yes. Lollipops and like oh. actual rockets, like can- candy, oh, candy. Yeah. So those Jamie, are... Jamie left a handful of rockets at my place yeah. <laughs> around Halloween. I was just like... Arr. I know. Sorry about that. I just need... I bought two two-pound bags, so I really needed to offload some of that. Yeah, yeah. One. You needed to take away the uh, temptation That's from right. That's right. Um... So I so in terms of like what's going on New Year's resetting everything what did we what did we sort of see last year as trends for 2015 like what was the big thing looking back on it that we see or we can see now from 2016 Looking back I mean I think it's going to be the same trends that we'll probably continue to see for a little bit but it's just price increases people saying there's shortages and then all these non-distiller producers coming out with their own limited editions. I just felt like I saw so many more all three things this year than I have. And, and, you know, it's all attributable to the same thing, the growth of bourbon. Uh, As more and more people get in, well, the retailers or people are going to take advantage of that. Um, So, you know, like Elijah Craig, 18 year came out. And it was a $130 bottle when I think it got discontinued three or four years ago, and it was only a $40 bottle. Yeah. Um, and so, but they figured out, you know, hey, let's just re-release this. It's about the same stuff, but we can triple or quadruple the price and people will still pay it. Um, so I think a lot of people are testing those kind of things with, you know, was it price elasticity of the market and everything? Uh, and then just Buffalo Trace, it seemed like everything they released came with a caveat of, oh, yeah, and by the way, the yield was that much lower this year. And right. Stag only had half the bottles. Pappy, the 15 through 23, allocation's really low. Um, it's, you know, you hear rumors of that's just them trying to ease the pressure of everybody wanting a bottle. You know, they need something to point back to. But, you know, it could be true as well um so it's it's hard to say but that just seemed like every other bourbon or whiskey article in 
2015 either had to do with high prices, shortages, or some new non-distiller producer that has a limited edition that they're putting out in a fancy bottle with a $100 price tag. Um, so for me, that was the biggest trends I saw. What what about from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it's nice that the, uh, you know, from the Scotch world, the Noe statement fury seems to have calmed a little bit there's a little less going yeah. on there um yeah i think i agree like bourbon wise you're getting a lot of the uh you're gonna, i think you're gonna see a lot of rebranding i think people are seeing you know buffalo trace and jim beam be big success stories with having just multiple brands from the same distillery heaven hill as well so i'm wondering if like i'm wondering what what diageo is going to do in this marketplace if they're going to do the same thing um or you know down the line um, yeah, but I don't know. Do you think um, do you think the um, craft whiskey scene is kind of dying off? Like we've had a backlash against the the non distiller producers, right? We really did have a big backlash against them. Yeah. Um, do you think that is public enough in a general consumer audience to change purchasing decisions? I would say, from in my world, it is. But as a general public, no. I mean, there's still the the Templeton was kind of a huge debacle in 2015 and um, still people buying it, you know, even though they basically had to come out and say, no, it's not made in Iowa, like we said it was, and we add ingredients, that's why it's not a straight whiskey. Uh, you know, people are still buying it, and that's not to say, I'm not trying to say they should or shouldn't, but um, I think for most bourboners or bourbon enthusiasts, uh, they probably will never buy another bottle because of, you know, there's, they put flavoring in it and they put, you don't really know what else. Um, but there's, you know, it's still a popular whiskey. Um, so just that kind of, uh, thing. I, I don't know if it's widespread enough to where, um, I, I think the growth of getting new people in is still bigger than people not buying from NDPs and that kind of stuff, um, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Well, especially because I think that so many people are, um, and you guys probably saw this trend as I did with that, the new whiskey drinker coming in, uh, new whiskey clubs starting up, lots of people mm -hmm. sort of really getting into it. Um, and that's the, you know, that's who's going to be buying, you know, those products. They're sort of, they're coming in, not necessarily not knowing any of this stuff, but maybe sort of having a bit of a more sort of open mind, like ready, like let's try, you know, let's try everything and let's yeah, see how it goes exactly. and without sort of a, a big bias attached to it. Um, and at least for us being, you know, Canadian, um, having the big Canadian whiskey sort of uh, in the last couple of weeks of December, October, November, December sort of, um, with Jim Murray's, um, you know, harvest rye uh -huh. sort of thing coming out, more people are sort of looking at Canadian whiskey and like sniffing around Canadian whiskey a little bit now, um, which doesn't have the restrictions on it that um, like bourbon does. So uh, people are sort of trying, I think, everything. And there's a whole new generation of whiskey drinkers coming in just ready to to learn and try and just go for it. So... Yeah. yeah, definitely. How did the uh, the Jim Murray go over in Canada? Was everyone on board with it or still thought? I, mean, I felt like there was a huge backlash, but um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I, I liked the 
I like the crown yeah. rye. I think it's good. You know, it's it is. 30 it's bucks. Totally. Um, yeah. And that's the thing is I, I never really read to see, was he saying, you know, this is the best whiskey this year or this is my whiskey of the year for these reasons. You know, it's good. It's available. It's massively produced, you know. Um, so if he was saying, yeah, here's a really good available new rye and that's why it's my whiskey of the year, I think I would agree with that. But you know, if he says this is better than, uh, yeah, yeah, then that, you know, I guess I needed some clarification on uh, what his <laughs> standards of whiskey of the year were. But, you know. Yeah, I think he, uh, it's interesting. He he said that he gave it a like a 97 and a half or something. And he said it's the best whiskey he has tasted, regardless of price point or availability in the whole year. Um, but the other thing he, I, there was a bit of a backlash and, um, he did an interview here with the Canadian newspaper, Global Mail, and, uh, or CBC, um, and he said that the way he judges whiskey is he assumes every whiskey's perfect, and then he kind of removes imperfections. So he, whiskeys lose points when they're imperfect. And, um, you know, he's expecting a cer- certain profile from Canadian whiskey. Um, and so he felt the Crown Royal Rye uh, was as close to perfect of an expression from Canadian whiskey and, and at top of its game. Um, worldwide as, as the best whiskey he's tasted this year. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, you can take that many ways. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's, it's, it's the, he said it's the best tasting. Uh, it's, you know what? It's funny. Canadians are, are, we're all like, what? This isn't the best whiskey. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're very, we're very like, no, this isn't our best one. There's other whiskeys to taste. Better, <laughs> we do. Totally. And we, and we, and I think we do. And I think there was, you know, it didn't stop crown royal harvest rye from being sold out all over the place right yeah. like it it, de- it definitely had an effect on whether it be like the casual whiskey drinker even people who drink whiskey who just knew that this one was going to be one to, to to keep in your collection because of um because of the hype around it um uh-huh. you know even people who are self-proclaimed like whiskey snobs grabbed a bottle of it just because they knew it was gonna be so hey if you want to give it away as a gift you can say this is you know like yeah sort of that's the, so i saw placeholders go up on store shelves like yeah. the very next day <laughs> just named <laughs> i think yeah, i think so- I think Blake would be the equivalent of somebody of uh, Jim Murray saying Eagle Rare is the best whiskey in the world, and people coming yeah. up to you being like, "So Eagle Rare, I hear it's the best," and then you're yeah. being like, "Well, it's good, but yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> it's the best yeah. one in the world. I don't know." <laughs> Which that's I, I think we may have talked about this last time, but the Crown Royal, uh, the single barrels, they did a bunch of them down here. I felt like every store I went to had their own Crown Royal single barrel and. Those were really good, and I'm thinking, yeah. you know, the rye wasn't even my favorite in the Crown Royal line, which I don't really like that much anyway. Right. You know, I like it, but then to say it's the best in 97, okay, yeah, that's, I guess, to each his own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know the Crown Royal uh, Barrel Select, uh, that, that is uh, an intense <laughs> drink. Wow. Yeah. It's a uh, for yeah. Canadian whiskey, it's, it's just so intense. Uh, yeah, definitely a unique, uh, unique drink there. Yeah. So that that I, my I sort of couched my trend in there, saying that people want to know about their whiskey nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit of a thirst for knowledge right now, and the, it seems as though, and I don't know, maybe it's just where I'm positioned, but it seems as though whiskey is like in the press a lot more. Like there's been a lot of media attention paid to it with you know Ardbeg and Space, and you know this Canadian whiskey debacle or whatever you want to call it. I've seen a lot of it just 
in general, whereas I don't know if it would have been reported on as much before, but mm -hmm. I think there's just this popularity that's happened, this surge, which is great, I guess. Yeah, I think there's two new TV shows in production that are based on or around bourbon or, you know, mm -hmm. at a distillery or something, which, you know, five years ago would have seemed crazy. Right. But nowadays you're like, oh, yeah, they'll probably get – probably a lot of people will watch that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just the the sheer attention it gets now is pretty crazy. Yeah. Right. Oh, man, could you imagine a reality TV show, The Whiskey Maker, and you would have like <laughs> people that do uh, blend barrels and you have judges selecting like which yeah, blend was which, the best one. Now that's and be an like, idea. Yeah. Be like, okay, today yeah. we're doing two-year-old rise, two-year-old rise, and you'll have like 20 barrels to choose from and everybody like picks their blend or, yeah. or uh, that would be fun. All right, that's it. We're uh, show running this. This is yeah. – uh... <laughs> Can you start pitching tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody take our idea. Yeah, that's, that's the problem is it would have to be blending or something or else – the show's going to have to, okay, we're going to have the show's going to start in 2016 and it'll air in 20, you know, 28 or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll start with the barrel. Like, all right, here are your barrels. Okay. I select yeah, these yeah. as they come out of the fire. The slowest process ever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's funny. The live stream would just be like a Rick house, like empty yeah. Rick house. And like once in a while, there'd be like a guy walking through. One man walks through. Yeah. You know, like, oh, there's the excitement for Ooh. this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch funny. that. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I think is, there'd be something very comforting about who it. Would, who would watch it? Just, yeah. Somebody needs to. Uh, some distillery needs to just put a live feed of a barrels aging. Just let people watch them. Yeah. I think who was, I think wasn't it Buffalo Trace or someone who used to have a live feed of their uh, bottling room? You could watch the barrels being dumped and bottled and everything. Oh, yeah. that's I don't know awesome. If they still do that. I'm pretty sure it was them. I'll have to look that one up now. That's fun. See, Time to turn into a TV very, show. Like, very, yeah, comforting about that. Like something that's sort of like you could just fall asleep watching that. Like, yeah. <laughs> here's my friends. Like they're just doing their work. I'm just going to take a nap. Like it seems like, yeah. yeah. Nice. That could be your fix for uh, dry January, you know. Right. So since you're not drinking, I'll just watch it all being produced. I'll just watch it. <laughs> just weep. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Blake, are you drinking anything? We're, we're not. Well, I am not. You're um, not. So we're all no. Not. <laughs> yeah, it's lunchtime here, so yeah. I uh, we we need to do one of these later in the day. Yes. Sometimes because I I need to be drinking and. I don't know. Maybe it'll be more lively if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking LaCroix right now. If that, um, I don't think that, uh, does that make it up to Canada? The sparkling water? No, I don't, I don't, okay. I've never heard of it. Oh yeah. man, you're missing out. You're missing. It's just flavored sparkling water. Um, oh. it's pretty good, especially if you're cutting out sugar because it's like a soft drink with no sugar. Oh, um, but, yeah. So. See, I'm just okay. Drinking. This is there are you get all kinds of yeah. Oh, it's spelled all fancy, Lacroix. It's like a yeah, yeah. French it, well, thing. It's like uh, um, French, and it has this can that looks like it was made in the '80s, and it just comes from like some small town in, in Illinois or something like that. And I think it was like you know how Haagen-Dazs just wanted a name that sounded 
like it was imported or something right. like that. Uh, it's about the same thing. It, it just comes from some backwoods town. <laughs> they found a way to charge even more money. But this is actually exactly. what I'm looking for uh, is sparkling water. Uh, and like, because that, that was the uh, trick we were told is just get some like soda water and put some bitters in it and you'll be fine. You'll, you'll have some yeah. flavor. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I need right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what uh, I, I had a uh, – where's the bitters? I can't find it now. Um, I started doing that and it's actually – really good i guess good. you could use regular angostura but um these it was like a rosemary and something bitters or something oops, oops. Okay. i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna break stuff trying to find it so <laughs> but i would suggest that that is a good a good alternative yeah it's kind of like plain plain soda water is pretty sad like that's yeah. what i'm drinking right now and i'm 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 drinking out of a wine glass so that's kind of nice. i'm trying <laughs> that to make it yeah. Fancy. So here's here has been my take on it. And one of my buddies told me this is like if you think of it as worse than Coke and something else, you're gonna think of it bad. But if you think of it as just better than drinking plain water, yeah. you'll probably <laughs> like it more. So it's all how you uh That's how right. you phrase it. <laughs> right. After that I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds good. Exactly. Trick me into buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could buy a case right now. Yeah, I'm I'm going with uh, good old fashioned green tea right now, and I'm drinking it in a giant um, mug for hot chocolate because <laughs> now that I'm not drinking whiskey, I'm drinking more water, and I'm like I'm running out of water cups. <laughs> running out of water cups—that's so funny. Do I have to do dishes again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the glassware is very important. We talked about this on the the last episode. It's yeah. it's all about like context. So you know, just try to make it enjoyable as best as you can. Um, I, agree. I think a lot of people are doing like a, a dry January and it's sort of fun to see, but it's, you know, it's really funny. I went, um, the last time I did a, a dry month, I went out to a bar and I ordered a Shirley temple, which mm-hmm. is like, everybody knows. Sprite what a and grenadine. Is. Yeah. yeah. Sprite and grenadine and some orange juice and Holy crap! They charge like four ninety nine for that drink. <laughs> I was like, "Hold on, hold on, hold on! Are you kidding me? You just put some pop, some grenadine, and a splash of orange juice in here, and you're gonna charge me five dollars for it? Like, okay, never mind. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, man, I might as well just get whiskey now. <laughs> right? Exactly. I was. Uh, like, I tried. I tried. I tried. I give up. You you want me to drink alcohol? So yeah, yeah. Just put some vodka in that now. Just <laughs> yeah, that, um, that could be a drink. <laughs> vodka, grenadine, and sprite. Yeah, I, oh, it for sure is. <laughs> it sounds like something you drink when you're like 16. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you know you sneak into your parents' uh, liquor <laughs> yeah. cabinet or something. So sweet, so sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so trends of 2016. That's what we want to dive into. That yeah, let's do it. Okay, so this would kind of go against um, what Mark was saying with the 2015 and crafts. I'm hoping a tw- I don't know if this is more hopeful or uh, more realistic, um, but I'm thinking 2016 could be a year good year for craft. You know, a lot of these distilleries were getting started 2011, 2012. So they're starting to get a little more aged product. Um, you know, Willet, I think they're coming out or just came out with their three-year rye. They have a weeded bourbon that's about the same age. Um, Smooth Ambler has their bourbon coming out. So I think that could do a lot to take some of the attention away or 
I don't know, you may want to leave the attention on like Pappy and the antique collection and then be able to drink really good craft whiskey. Um, you know, really good and craft whiskey have not been that synonymous. Right. <laughs> I, I think a lot of the stuff most people just drink and say, yeah, it's pretty good for craft. Um, yeah. And hopefully we're getting closer to that point where it's just judged based off of how good it is. Um, I had some of Wyoming whiskey. It, it was five years, maybe a little over five years. And um, it was really good. I mean, it was just a good bourbon, um, which that's what I'm hoping that trend continues. Um, the other thing that I think could be a big issue or trend in 2016 is what happens with the secondary markets. Um, I put a post up today, just kind of talking about the secondary market and I interviewed the guy who runs bottlespot.com. Um, and a couple weeks ago, Buffalo trace, I don't know if you get, <clears throat> excuse me, you guys had seen it, but yeah, they yeah. said that they were going to work to eliminate or shut down. I forget the exact wording they use, but basically that they're one of the first major distilleries I've seen, um, kind of acknowledge that the secondary market is there and it can be a problem. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens and what they intend to do. Uh, I think it may have just been more of something that they said, but I'm, I don't really know how they're going to act on it. Uh, but as bourbon grows larger and larger, bottles are getting flipped for more and more money. Um, eventually something's going to happen. Uh, so that'll be an interesting trend for 2016 as well. Yeah, Those are I, my two big ones. Yeah, I, I'm on board with that. I think you're, you're right. The, you know, we're talking about craft as far as like actual distilleries that make their own own whiskey. Uh, you know, Willet, not that Willet isn't already big, but I mean, I, I, Willet's probably going to be ginormous uh, oh, yeah. in the next, next couple of years. They, um, I think, I don't know if we mentioned this on the podcast before, but we tried uh, we, we tried having Drew from Willet on the podcast, oh, and he basically like said, would love to talk to you, but I don't want the media attention. Uh, yeah. You know, don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and he said he, he'd love to talk to us next time we're in uh, Kentucky. So I'm like, okay, this, he's not saying like, you know, no, no, but he's just saying like, well, not right now. Um, I, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be huge. I think it's, uh, it's just going to continue to grow and, and hopefully they'll remain in the family and not, uh, not sell. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I think they've done it about as right as you really can do it. it, it given a tough situation, you know, they've, increased their prices on their family, uh, you know, the family estate collection. Um, but they bottle still flip for double on the secondary. Well, then they, you know, they make you show a driver's license when you go to um, buy bottles so, and try to keep one bottle per person or two bottles per person, whatever it is. And then, you know, if they catch you flipping on another side, I think they have a list for that to make sure they don't sell to you again. Then they don't really have standardized times of releasing at the gift shop because they know somebody just come in and clear them out. Um, <laughs> but then they also go in their regular line. I mean, the Noah Mills that they put out this past year was excellent. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think they've done a really good job of still getting, you know, the limited, the rare the 22 year old weeded bourbon out there. Um, but then also keeping their regular kind of, I don't want to call them, uh, what would you call them? Just their general brands yeah. alive and at a really high quality. Um, you know, they could have easily just have said, 
okay, if we're going to be putting 10-year, 12-year bourbon in Noah's Mill, let's just put a um, family estate lo- or a label on it and charge $300 and people will pay it. Um, but that's not really what they did. So given a hard situation, you know, I think they, they handled it right. Um, be interesting to see once their stuff starts to get bigger and bigger where things go. Um, cause I'm sure demand will still be there for, <laughs> for anything that will, it puts out. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you to Noah's mills and, and that is great. The other one, uh, is great. The Creek one as well is really, really yeah. great whiskey. Um, and yeah, as long as they don't sell to Diageo, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. <laughs> oh my God, Mark. He, he's, he's on a Diageo attack. Oh my yeah. gosh, Which always. I'm sure they'll be, I'm sure they will be, um, putting out, uh, more and more brands, you know, cause they've seen the popularity of it. Um, as well. Actually, I listened to a, um, an interview with one of the Diageo people just talking about how they decided on the orphan barrel line and all that. It was, it was interesting. It was basically, they just had a ton of bourbon and they were like, well, I don't know what we should do with this. Let's create a line or, <laughs> uh, you know, in more flowery language, but, um, which, you know, I guess I probably, I don't know. It, I, I want to know what would have happened to that bourbon if they didn't create the orphan barrel line, because they have a lot, um, I think the the uh, Barter House bottle number is in like the eighty thousand or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you look oh, at recent batch two bottles, um, so yeah, if if people like an older oaky dry bourbon, mm-hmm. um, it's available, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, we do, we do, yeah. we're fans. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. I like I like Barter House. I think I had the old Blowhard as well, which I found a little much mm-hmm. but i like the barter house a lot and then i haven't had the other ones because we actually in ontario we only got the barter house um, oh okay of all of them so i you tried need, you need to try ahead. to try the forged oak and the lost prophet those yeah. were excellent um yeah. see yeah and now i tend to like a sweeter bourbon anyway so that could be partly my problem um what you know i thought barter house was okay but mm-hmm. um the Forged Oak and the Lost Prophet, they're really good. It, it can be kind of constricting, I'm sure, being in Canada and having to get everything imported. Oh, and yeah. Then you have to go through the control board and everything it's, else. <laughs> yes. It's, 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 so whatever, like, whatever problems, it's so funny because my husband travels, um, is traveling this year um, for work more. And basically the whole thing is like, however long you're there for, just grab bottles and bring yeah. them back. Like, yeah. Pay the duty <laughs> on it. Like the dollar is for us, like it's really, it's not worth it, but it's worth it because we just can't get any, like the bourbon selection in our local liquor store is decimated, (laughs) decimated right now. So we're only getting stuff like interesting stuff from the States. And even then, again, with the sort of shortages or with, with the inability to get some really super interesting stuff, like I got rare breed and I was like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Meanwhile, rare breeds like 
probably snoreboard. It's the, you know, the corner liquor it's on store. Every, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like taking pictures of it and like doing cartwheels. I'm like, we got rare breed here at my house, everybody. <laughs> Everyone come around. It's time to party. <laughs> but not too much because there's only one bottle. Yeah. One bottle. Yeah. You are we'll get a very half an ounce of pee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I haven't even seen Buffalo Trace here recently. So it's just been, we're just sort of suffering through a little bit of a, a, a lull in our, our bourbon right now. Yeah. Um, I wondered how that would affect, um, you know, I'm sure the export internationally would be bad, but even, you know, I'd, I would think up to Canada, they wouldn't cut back all that much, but I don't know, maybe they had, if demand is that strong in the states they just kind of keep it here or i've tried to ask a couple of distilleries that and have never really gotten an answer on how it gets allocated to different states or countries or anything like that um that's one of the secrets apparently that yeah. <laughs> right, right. Not allowed to, give like up. to know yeah <laughs> Well, I'm kind of curious how Scotch is going to do because Scotch is really um, the sales have been just gone down, down, down. I mean, uh, they're they're suffering, and not only just for bourbon, but also against you know Japanese whiskey and Australian whiskey and whiskey from like it seems like everybody is in the spotlight, but Scotch uh, these days. Even though there's some, you know, I think it's been good because we've been getting you know uh, like Ben Rock is a good distillery that hasn't been as popular years ago, but it is really, you know, picking up under new ownership and there's, there's some really cool stuff coming out of there. I'm just wondering, um, you know, with this push towards finishing everything in sherry casks and other casks, um, if scotch is going to try to take the spotlight, I mean, we've seen all these kind of interesting products where they've combined bourbon and scotch together to create a whiskey, um, for the, uh, for the duty free market. I'm just wondering you know, where's Scotch? I mean, Blake, on your side, you're, you're, you're a bourbon drinker, you know, you're, you're bourboner.com. Uh, what's your, what's your, you know, you, you're, what's your Scotch like? Like, what's your thoughts on that? My Scotch knowledge is very limited. <laughs> it's, uh, and, and that's what, see, I think I got into bourbon first and that's what I've always been into. Now I've kind of ventured out into some Japanese whiskeys cause I think there's still a lot of good value there. Um, but I think Scotch is so built up you know, a $50 bottle of scotch and a $50 bottle of bourbon, uh, you're not getting the same quality typically. Now there's, you know, scotch guys will disagree with that. Um, there's still good value in scotch as well, but for the most part, I think it just comes down to what people are drinking and people like the new and hot thing, I think, which is while bourbon is a very old drink, it's very hot and kind of trendy right now um so i think bourbon's probably stealing away some of the scotch drinkers and guys who would be new scotch drinkers um but that'll probably balance out i would think given you know some time um but there's still a lot of good scotch out there um so it's it's i just feel like it's way more established in the states than bourbon was, um, or not established, but it's way bigger in the States than bourbon was for a while. And now bourbon's kind of catching up to that. Um, I, I, I don't have the numbers, but I'd bet that sales of scotch and sales of bourbon in the States is pretty close to similar. Um, and it'd be interested to see the amount of imports 
of scotch compared to the exports of bourbon um, to see what that those numbers look like. But it, it's just, I don't know. It's hard to say. For me, I've just have never been, I, I definitely don't like Isla. Is it Isla or Isla? <laughs> I should know that. Um, I don't like those Isla scotches, but there are like a lot of single malts or, um, you know, the, who is it? Balvini has the Caribbean cask. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really good. Um, I feel like Scotch got to the finishing cask and bourbon is just trying to catch up. So now people who are like, oh man, it's aged bourbon aged in port barrels. Well, you know, Scotch has been finishing different barrels for a long time, but it's kind of something new to bourbon drinkers. Um, so while all that to say, while Scotch is probably still leading the way for whiskey drinkers in the States, bourbon is, um, done a lot to close the gap just in the past you know, three to five years. Um, so I, where that'll leave us in another five years, I don't know. You know, it, it kind of looks like bourbon will be the drink of choice for a while, um, at least for the younger generation. Um, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jimmy, th- what do you think? I think that's a really good point is that I think sometimes scotch um, gets – uh, suffers a little bit from its sort of like a reputation as an like an old guy's drink. Yeah. So I think that um, bourbon sort of PR and marketing has really gone after young, like young people a li- in a little bit more focused way than than maybe Scotch marketing has, um, and sort of made bourbon very accessible um, and done a really good job at sort of the education piece sorry my fire alarm just went off um but don't worry i'm gonna be okay you guys could say is there an actual fire (laughs) no (laughs) no i heard the lady come on the the thing and say that there was going to be a test and i was like oh man come on of course of course there is um but yeah no i definitely think that um closing the gap in whiskey drinking i think is a perfect way to put it i think that um where someone might have been intimidated to go and order a scotch or maybe found it cost prohibitive has now the opportunity to enter like to enter sort of with bourbon um which is you know uh, which has sort of got this more down home reputation uh mm-hmm. it's sort of less intimidating um it's less expensive and um but it's still whiskey so i think it's sort of yeah i i i'm really curious to see what happens with scotch and if scotch is able to capture um a market i i hear a lot of guys who are single malt drinkers um well and ladies actually um saying that they are um starting to like bourbon and so it, i find that i hear more often scotch drinkers going to bourbon than bourbon drinkers going to scotch so it's a kind of a really interesting thing i think bourbon is having this moment where everybody is sort of enjoying it and scotch is like a little left behind like hey guys like wait for me like <laughs> we've been here all along yeah we've been here all <laughs> along like look what we've done we laid they, they laid the groundwork a hundred percent um, but then I think it's the it's making sure that they are able to appeal to all sorts of whiskey drinkers and not just l- l- luxury sort of that piece. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jamie hit on a great point there too. It's like uh, 
Um, you're right. Ordering bourbon, you're you're not the stress isn't there as much uh, as sure. ordering scotch because um, it, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's it's interesting, right? Because we went through this culture where it's more everything was more about like the the quote unquote hipster beer and like local wine and everything else. And scotch wasn't ready for it. Scotch was the exact opposite reputation of being, you know, snooty and big and expensive. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, what, we're, what, this isn't popular anymore? You know, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's like private jets. Remember when, uh, when all the car, when the U.S. was bailing out the auto industry and all the, all the CEOs in the auto industry took like private jets yeah, in, in, to, into, to get uh, to the meeting. To get to the meeting. And they're like, come on, private jets aren't in anymore. People are, are you know, constantly down home. Yeah. <laughs> Drive your own car to here. It's from Detroit. Come on. Uh, but it, it's, it's really like Scotch got kind of like, si- si- you know, like they had no idea what's coming. But uh, um, and that's that's hard to get around. That's really tough to get around, especially because, um, you know, single malt Scotch is actually is growing a little bit. And then you've got blended Scotch, which would you think would compete a little better with bourbon on price. Um, and you would think that uh, distillers would make better blended Scotch. Um, that's not happening because, you know, everybody wants, still everybody wants single malt scotch if if they're drinking scotch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, scotch also has this thing that just sort of popped into my head where if you go not understanding what scotch is or the differences between, you know, peated or not peated scotch, um, and you go in and you sort of, um, just, you know, how you would go into a bar and say like, okay, well, I don't know, just give me this one. And you get a, a you know, super smoky Lagavulin or something <laughs> like that. That's a really sort of aggressive flavor and it takes a little bit of getting used to. And so I could see how if you were going to attempt a scotch, like you should probably go in with a little more, like you should go with sort of an idea of there's two different sort of flavor profiles that are very different from each other and you'll you know you might want to start with one or the other or start with something less smoky but that's a a, it's a really interesting flavor that some people are just absolutely not into that pd isla sort of style and i can imagine that if you got a mouthful of that and you weren't expecting it you would really be done with scotch expecting regular whiskey and yeah yeah. well it's like giving a uh a guy who's never drank beer, some huge IPA or something. Right. And or sour it, beer. Yeah, <laughs> like, or sour. Yeah, yeah oh. exactly. And the, it's, it's more of an acquired taste. Right. Um, but if that's what you just assume all beer tastes like afterwards, you'll probably never want to drink it again or right. – you know, you don't understand the difference of how to order or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So I think, yeah, I think in terms of that, the education piece has to maybe be in place a little bit more about what to expect from a yeah. glass of scotch. And especially if you want to get people entry level, if you want to get people starting off with scotch, let them know what's in the glass and what to expect. And I think bourbon has sort of done a good job of that. And bourbon has an, an edge uh, that scotch doesn't really have, which is bourbon works really great in cocktails, whereas mm. scotch slightly less. So another entry point into that whiskey world is, you know, an old fashioned or a Manhattan or something like that. Yeah. Um, so if scotch can, you know, find its its way into entry level whiskey drinkers, then I think it could eventually, it can eventually be king again. But I don't know. Everybody has to have their day, right? right yeah, now exactly. Right well, now it's bourbon time, or rye is, you know, getting. That's what really I was going to say. That, that's a good point on the cocktails. With I think that's what's happening with rye is everyone has a rye now or wants to have a, a <laughs> rye, um, whereas you know that was not the case. That 
rye was just I don't even know who drank rye 10 years ago other than like right. you know the pretty hardcore enthusiast um but now everyone loves rye and you know that's once you get tired of bourbon or, or maybe smarter in bourbon you just move on to rye and start <laughs> buying different rye whiskeys um but I think a lot of that started with the cocktails is rye mixes really well with cocktails and you know as people got more and more used to it and they're old-fashioned or whatever it was um then they start buying it well then people are like you know what we were probably wrong about this this is actually really good <laughs> mm. um you know there's a lot of unique flavors in rye that you don't get in just your standard bourbon um but yeah so i guess we do have the cocktail industry to thank for that one probably yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. This became more available on shelves and more popular, mm -hmm. sold better. And then, um, yeah, the whole industry kind of took over. And part of it, too, is, you know, I mean, I think that's a, one of the big deals where you have somebody like you have well-rated Canadian whiskeys or well-rated bourbons. Uh, you mentioned, you know, acquired taste. It's a big thing, right? I mean, if you taste something and it tastes like crap to you, but somebody says, no, no, this is really good. It's just an acquired taste. You may take a little bit extra time with it. Yeah. Um, if you taste something that tastes like crap and nobody's really commented on it, then you're like, oh, this is just crappy beer um which is how i feel about sour beer i i feel like that's oh that's my god i love sour beers i see i mm, see i'm yeah. with you i i love sour well <laughs> yeah. i love some there, there's some that just get a little too funky yeah, we i was at a it was a local brewery here in jacksonville and um the the i said oh you have a new sour you know what it Oh yeah, well the the brewers it actually has seawater in it. Like they just walk down to the beach because it's a couple block. The brewery's a couple blocks from the beach, and I'm like, that's really interesting. You know, they carry five gallon buckets back to use it in this beer. I'm like, well, have you tried it? Do you like it? She goes, no, it's the worst beer I've ever tasted. And I'm like, hold on, did you say it's the worst? She's like, yeah, it's terrible. She's like, I'll give you a sample of it. I smelled it, and it smelled like sour cheese or something. it was just way too much. I'm like. Well, at least you're honest about it. She's like, some people come in here and love it and think it's yeah. the greatest thing they've ever tasted, but all I can taste is sour cheese. And then after that, that was all I could taste it too. So yeah, yeah I, I haven't gone as far as some, I guess, in the uh, sour beers, but there's a lot that I think are really good. Yeah, I like sour beers too. Yeah, Mark's a big IPA. He likes Okay, yeah. 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 The uh, he's only drinking if it's you know a hundred IBU or better. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to the bar. I'm like, what do you want? I'm like, uh, high proof IPA, and they're like, yeah. okay, that's it, and that's what they give me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Here you go. <laughs> here you go. But uh, to be fair, I've only I haven't had that many sour beers. This is, goes back to that. My first experience with sour beer, not so good. So now I'm See, like, exactly. So, so next time Jamie are at the bar, Jamie's going to be like, oh, here, try the sour beer, yeah, and she'll yeah. be like, this is good, and I'll be like, oh, this is great, and I'll like sour beer, and that's the way it works. And that's the way it works. That's true. Except they're pretty expensive. So it's sort of like one of those things where if you don't like it, I mean, I'll have to finish it, I guess. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> got to drink it. Win -win. It's a, yeah. It's a $30 bottle. There's literally Whoa. like $30 bottles. Like if you go to um, Bar Hop, which is like a local awesome beer spot here, or Worst, um, which is also an awesome beer hall. Um, yeah. The bottles there are, you know, 30 bucks for, yeah. So yeah. They are not... Not cheap. Not Even cheap. I'll see them in like Total Wine is the big retailer here. So they typically have just regular retail. You know, they don't mark up or anything. Mm -hmm. And they'll have $30 bottles of, you know, it's the big uh, bomber bottles or whatever they're called. But mm -hmm. still, I'm like, man, $30 for one 
glass or <laughs> yeah it's a lot it's expensive yeah so probably mark it's best if you do not get into sour beers it's an expense <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, already that's... you have an expensive hobby already oh, like no need one to... less thing to yeah. spend your money on <laughs> just <laughs> don't even get into it <laughs> now I, now i'm just like i'm having this like dread moment because i was handed a couple of sour beers at a party and i'm like oh this is okay and i kind of put it down and probably never went back to it <laughs> now i feel like an gave asshole it to you thinking, this jerk why did i even invite <laughs> i give him a 30 dollar beer and he drink half <laughs> uh, my coffee table yeah, yeah. Oh, now there's yeah. a ring on my coffee table <laughs> <laughs> way to go mark <laughs> oh now Get i feel bad together, <laughs> okay i've left a couple 15 dollar cocktails on tables before at restaurants yeah. where i was like i should not be i'm done for the night so just gonna just gonna quietly put this cocktail over here and just walk away act like i forgot it and and <laughs> bye yeah oh, yeah man. it's good sometimes it saves your life really just yeah think yeah. about the next morning uh, which has not been an issue lately. Yes. Somebody's, yeah, no hangovers. <laughs> wonderful. So say it's uh, January, just the best sleep you've ever had then. So. Ever. <laughs> ever, Blake. I swear, I'm I'm delighted every morning when I wake up. I'm just like, wow, that was a great sleep. Like, honestly, I feel like my sleeping is the number one thing that I've noticed. And that's like, it's probably the, it's, it is the most important thing to me. I love sleep. It's like, <laughs> it's like a warm, like BLT sandwich that's how i love sleep <laughs> that's, that's what sleep is that's what sleep is to me it's like marshmallow world i love it so that's when funny. i get good sleeps i'm like <laughs> i'm on it i'm great and that's definitely been something i've noticed with no drinking is my sleep is awesome so yeah well, let me let me ask you guys a question that um uh off the top of my head here but um what what are your predictions for the best whiskey being named in 2016? Oh my gosh, Mark! I know, I know, really. That's a big uh, question. I know. Um, any guesses? I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask the questions. I had a little more thought. It's time to think about it. I'll, I'll answer it first. Um, I um, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, I'm thinking that Scotch is going to be back in within the next two years. So it's it's Scotch is going to win. You know, whether it's next year or next year. Uh, but uh, my, my guess is we're going to go back to bourbon. I think um, I think bourbon's always been in that that, you know, in that high list, um, unless it's one of those, you know, other producing countries that we never get here, unfortunately. Um, you know, whether it's Taiwan or Australian whiskey, we don't get a lot of that here. So I, I can't really comment on that stuff. But uh, but I think uh, I think bourbon's going to continue to do very well. I would say so if I had to go specific bottle i think buffalo trace is going to be releasing their um seasoned oak bourbon in 2016 you know they they got approval on the label a while back and they've been tight-lipped ever since so i think they're gonna release that i think that could win it or i think he could go to like an irish whiskey he seems to be bouncing like a maybe a maybe like a green spot or um, red breast, one of the, their aged ones. Um, I think he could go with that. Just, now that's just, uh, kind of trying to pin the dots by looking, you know, he, right. what was 2013? I forget what that one. Then 2014 was the, um, Yamazaki. Sherry cask for yeah. Yamazaki. And then, so we went to Canada for 2015. I think he's going to keep it international for, you know, and then maybe come back to bourbon. It'll be interesting to see, though. Yeah. 
I thought about Irish too. I yeah, I stole your answer. That's no, that's okay. That's okay. I jumped in there to make sure everybody knew that I. Yeah, also yeah. Just, it. Don't just worry. to make sure I said that. <laughs> me too, Blake. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you're right. I, I, Redbreast Twelve. I've been just seeing a lot of chatter about that. I don't know if it's gone into the U.S. in bigger quantities or whatever, but I've seen a lot of chatter about Redbreast uh, Twelve cast strength. Uh, which I've had, yeah. and I think it's friggin' delicious. It's 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 really great. It's a great whiskey. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, 2013 was a bourbon. We had a Japanese, um, Canadian. Um, yeah, I Irish would be a that's that's a good you know I like that. That's a good choice. Especially because there's so much going on in Ireland right now in terms of new distillers. So maybe shining mm-hmm. a spotlight on, on yeah. Irish whiskey is, is one of those sort of, I mean, who knows, right? Like, who knows who's, I'm not getting into conspiracy theories or anything here. Who knows who's paying weird. them? That, that. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I just had to throw out the, don't think anybody really paid them for that. <laughs> don't send any Crown Royal people to my house. <laughs> That's right. Diageo is going to show up at your door. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that, you know, any spotlight on any sort of whiskeys that, that bring it to the, the front of the press, you know, be good for that country. And it, They've got so much stuff coming up that, you know, wouldn't necessarily be out of character to have the spotlight on them now. So, mm-hmm. it'd be, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what the year brings. Who knows? Yeah. I did do a um, 2015 Whiskey of the Year on Bourboner based on votes. And Four Roses Small Batch Limited Edition won that one. So right. I'll try to plug them for that one. Which yeah. Did y'all try this year's Small Batch Limited Edition? Have you tried it yet? I no. Okay. I did. No. Next um, time you're in the states, find a bar that has it. It was it was excellent. That, that's um, the one that they uh, it came out the Bourbon Week, but it was coming out on the day we left. Ah. Oh man, just yeah. missed it. Yeah, I actually did a uh, I did a tasting with the 15, 14, and 13, and just tasted them blind um, or semi blind, I guess, because I know what's in there. Um, and the 15 was my favorite. Um, and I thought, which that kind of led me to another theory that Four Roses bottles don't age well because I've had my bottle of 2013, you know, for two years and it's been probably only a third full for about the same amount of time. So I think it may have gotten oxidized or something, but still the 2015 was really good. So I yeah. think I had the 2014. Get a I had the 2014 release in a tasting once yeah. when I was in the states, but not not the 2015. So keep an eye out for that for sure. Mm-hmm. Four yeah. roses, we love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. We do, we do. Yeah. And I see uh, uh, Weller uh, BTAC was in second, uh, Stag uh, BTAC in third, and uh, Angels Envy Cast Strength in uh, mm-hmm. fourth. Were they were your top four there? Oh, and uh, mm-hmm. Elijah Craig eighteen was yeah, top, runs it out. Nice. That's a great list. It's a great list. Yeah, yep. yeah. So you know, it's kind of. I'm sure the voting is a little bit skewed based on what everybody gets to try. Um, so I don't know if my top five would have been that exact, but you know, that's what the vote said. So that I felt like the winner, you know, that was my vote for number one. So I felt like that was a good choice and um, yeah, I was happy to do that one. Awesome. So yeah. Always, always good to have that. And, you know, it's sort of, it's, it's nice to have lists like those and things like those, you know, you're not, you don't always agree necessarily with every single one, but it, it definitely like, you know, puts some suggestions in your head and, and sort of opens your, your eyes a little bit. So, you know, it, whoever commented on that article said anything mean about it, they can just 
Just talk, <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> you know what? One of the the newspapers here in Toronto shut down comments on their uh, oh, really? website. Uh, they they just don't do comments anymore. And so, um, you know, it's maybe that's it, a trend we're going to see in that, 2016. That probably no more comments. I don't know. It that kind of makes that's kind of the fun part is getting into the comments. But I'll read my local newspaper their website sometimes and. They should probably cut off comments. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous people up there. Yeah. Bourbon, at least people are like arguing over bourbon. Like right. that that's fine, Focused. you know. Yeah. 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 Oh. Disagreements there. I love the comments on your bourbons to try before you die. And it's like, what about well at twenty five? Or why did yeah. you yeah. Parker's Heritage Numbers Edition? What? Yeah. That, those were, well and then people would put up like, Well, you didn't even include regular Buffalo Trace or something. I'm like, Well, you can pick it up at any store pretty that's not to try before you die. These are like crazy bourbons that you've you can come up with your own list. This yeah. is my list for yeah. <laughs> wants to try. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that that's that kind of makes it fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Oh my gosh. Um well guys, this was great. Do we do we miss anything or is there anything else we wanna talk about? Because we're good on time, I think. Yeah, we're at an yeah, hour, so um, I think fun. we're good on time. Uh, do, do, do. I don't think so, unless we want, unless we want to put Blake on the spot and have him tell us what his favorite whiskey was of 2015. Oh, oh man, boy, it's gonna be tough. Yep, but uh, I did cask, I cask, I did cast my own vote, and it was for the Four Roses Small Batch Limited Edition. Second, I probably would have done either the William Larue Weller or the Cured Oak. I, this was one of the first years that I thought the Weller was better than the Stag. Um, and I thought the Cured Oak was really good. It kind of got some bad press and feedback, um, but I, I thought it was really good. So um, those were probably my top three. And then one that was a 2015 release that I haven't gotten a chance to open yet um, was the Wild Turkey, or I'm sorry, Russell's Reserve 1998. Uh, I've heard it's yeah. excellent, yeah. but I do have a bottle. I stupidly agreed to a, this is kind of like your no drinking January or dry January. <laughs> Me and a couple of buddies were doing a no open new year. So oh. <laughs> for the foreseeable future, we're not opening any new bottles um, just yet. We're going to drink through what we have. Probably yeah. a good thing to do, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I should have opened that one in 2015. That's right. That's <laughs> right. right. I, have I opened my Michter's 10-year. I opened the Michter's 10-year at like 1135 <laughs> on <laughs> December 31st. I'm like, I sent him a picture. I said, hey, this made the cut, so it's open. <laughs> it's open. It's open. Yeah. Under the radar. You did it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Blake, thank you again for coming on. It's always no a problem. pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. This has been fun. So fun. Yeah, you yeah. can uh, find Blake on bourboner.com. It's bourboner without the E at the end. So it's just an R at the end. Um, and a super popular blog. And um, anything else you want to uh, plug while you're on the show? Um, actually, yes. I will plug my new tasting kits. Um, I just launched bourbon tasting kits, and it follows the Buffalo Trace mash bill number one. So if you're looking to learn more about bourbon, check them out. Uh, it's on 
bourboner.com. There's a link to the shop. Um, comes with three glasses and then some materials, kind of how to host the tasting and everything. So put a lot of work into that. I think it turned out pretty cool. So if anybody gets a chance, love to have them check it out. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds cool. Retails for $37. Nice. Wait, yeah, yeah. Or thirty nine. Sorry, thirty nine fifty. Yeah. G- giving away discounts, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. For your oh, listeners, geez, I'll Mark. throw that dis- <laughs> discount in there. <laughs> it's free. It's free until tomorrow. Yeah. Like we'll come uh, to your house and host a tasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sh- he flies on his own budget. That's to your right. House. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks again, Blake. Take Thanks, care. Blake. Cheers. No problem. Thanks. Thanks.